getting into personal development for me was so life-changing. I had the same experience. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, like you can live your life and do your business with a personal growth awareness or not, you know, and for a long time, I didn't have that. So the ability to start to see myself more clearly and see more possibility for how I could grow and evolve as a person, like that is life-changing. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm speaking with one of my first business coaches, the person who actually helped me coin the phrase badass brands back in 2013, boss of his business, Evan Horowitz. Evan is a co-founder of Movers and Shakers, a marketing agency with a focus on using original song and dance to create viral content online. His agency currently holds the title of most viewed TikTok video for a client at over 11 billion views with a B. Adweek called one of their campaigns the most influential campaign on TikTok. Yeah, they're kind of a big deal. He also continues to coach small businesses, although admittedly in a much more limited capacity these days, through his company, Evan Horowitz Advising, which is how I originally met and worked with Evan years ago. We recently spoke and covered topics such as using our businesses as a vehicle for personal growth, the one thing that drives all of our decisions in business and life, and one action we can all take today to make our experience in life richer tomorrow. This episode will definitely leave you inspired to look at your business and life differently. So buckle up. Here we go. Hi, Evan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Pia. Great to be here. Uh, Thank you so much for coming, Evan. I'm so excited to have you here because you have had a profound impact on my business and my life. I mean, more profound than almost anybody else. (laughs) That's quite a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. And I am really not being hyperbolic. I can trace back some critical things that happened because of you or you actually said or did that were the catalyst for a lot of things in my business. So the brilliant Evan Horowitz, everybody. (laughs) But instead of me just telling all those stories first, tell us a little bit about where you are because you have evolved quite a bit since the time that I've, since we met, how long ago? Nine, nine years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Time flies. Time flies. When I met you, you were Evan Horowitz consulting, uh, advising, Evan Horowitz advising, and mm-hmm. you still have that. Yeah. Yeah. EHadvising.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, so, yeah. So I was working with small business owners and teaching them how to grow their businesses faster. And I love that. I still do it, even though it's only a small part of my time now, but I'm just, I think the decision for me to become an entrepreneur was one of the most life-changing decisions I ever made. I did it when I was 30. And I love, love, love helping other entrepreneurs just be more successful at pursuing their passions. So that's what that business is all about. And what did you do before that? I used to work for corporate before that. I spent 10 years working for big companies, running $100 million business units. I worked at Macy's, I worked at Samsung, some other big companies, did an MBA at Harvard. So I come from this big business world. And I got into the small business uh, consulting because uh, I was just helping friends and family with their businesses. And I found it really fulfilling. It was much more, much more fulfilling for me to help my aunt make more money and be less stressed with her clothing store than to help make some Fortune 500 an extra million bucks. And so, yeah, at some point I just kind of got fed up with the big business world and took the leap of faith and started my own small business, which was helping other small business owners. And also more fun to be your own boss. Was that part of it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Fun to be my own boss, I think. To have the freedom over my time, freedom over who I was working with and what I was doing. That's something I really appreciate now working for myself. Yeah. And just ability to really build something. I think that's been very self-defining for me. Where When I was working in kind of a big structure, it was always hard to really see where I began and ended and what my impact was or wasn't. It's easy for me to kind of not be accountable for things and being on my own is every it's just very clear the buck stops with you, which has been very growthful for me. And and I really appreciate that. Right. And and you some people 
come into their small businesses like you did, but I don't think most of them do. You must have been making bank in corporate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you must have left quite a, a hefty paycheck to do this. Yeah, I was doing quite well for, you know, for my age at that time, um, which also meant I had a little bit of money saved up. So uh, when I took the leap, it didn't seem like that reckless. But I'm also kind of cavalier. So I think other people with the same financial equation might have been more conservative than me. Not just that. I think a lot of people, it's the golden handcuffs. They get stuck in that. I mean, I can't take that paycheck cut to yeah. go do my own thing. Well, I do I do have days where I remember getting a paycheck just deposited in my account every two weeks. And that, that sounds lovely, but, <laughs> but it wasn't at the time. I mean, I got to a point where I was checking all the boxes in my life. Like I had the great job, the great paycheck, as you said, like it, it, everything was good. Harvard uh, MBA. Harvard <laughs> MBA, <laughs> made model proud. <laughs> right. Um, but, but I wasn't happy. And I, I could, it was crazy because I... I had the dream job, literally the job that I wrote about on my business school application is like my dream after business school job. I got it, I had it, it was great. But yeah, it just wasn't like I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel meaningfulness that I was hoping that I would when you checked all the boxes. And that honestly was was a bit of, I felt a lot of despair in that. Wow. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. That's yeah. the personal growth. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I think... My small business has been the the vehicle for personal growth, the best vehicle for personal growth. Absolutely. That you can have. Yeah, I have a friend uh, who he literally refers to his small business that way as like this is just a personal growth gym. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he really sees that as a, as a huge part of the reason to have the business, and I think that's I feel like that's very enlightened because it is just it's just a way for you to become more of the person you want to be. And I think that that relates to what I was saying a minute ago, just about like responsibility and accountability. And when you are, when you are the business owner, like you see everything about you, like all the, the mm. good and the bad and the ugly, and and that gives you the opportunity to become better, to become stronger. And uh, in a way where I think when I was in bigger organizations, it, it was easier for me to kind of trick myself and say like, oh, well, that's that guy's fault or whatever, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, if you're willing to do that work. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also I, I don't know that I necessarily was doing that work as much in the beginning because I wasn't intentionally building a business to use it for that purpose. But I think as I've done that work and seen how useful the business can be as essentially just a, a room of mirrors right. <laughs> for your own personhood and, and what you want to be and how and how you're reacting to the world and what you could be, I'm able to use it more like that. So you get to double down on that effect if you really do it purposefully. Yeah, which is an amazing opportunity. Well, so can you think of an example off the top of your head? Because it sounds so, I mean, I think if you have no idea what we're talking about, probably like, huh, that <laughs> that sounds nice. But how? What do you mean exactly? Yeah, well, like I'm scaling my business right now. Mm -hmm. I'm hiring employees. Uh, for a long time, it was just me and my partner. And, and now we're growing really fast. We're hiring people. And I see in my own, my own struggle to delegate, my own sort of control freak type issues that I have, where it's like, I don't want to give up control. I'm so judgmental about like, oh, that was the wrong way to do it. So if I do delegate something and I'm like, oh my God, that, that person like didn't do it the right way, right? But that's really me playing out my issues, which plays out the same way with my clients. Like if they don't give me the right type of feedback that I wanted, then I'm like, oh, that was the wrong feedback, right? So in that way, I see the business as a, as just, like you said, a mirror to me, because it's like, it's not this employee or that employee, like doing it the wrong way. That's my issue. It's like needing things to be done in a certain way and my inflexibility to see other approaches or just to help train people in a patient way. So I think that's, that's just an example of how I see the business giving me feedback about my own, a limitation that I have. Mm. That's a great time, example. Great feedback on strengths that I have too from the business. Like one of my employees who just started last week, she said at the end of the week, she's like, "This is like such a happy and joyful place to work. I've never seen such a positive energy in a team that I've been on." And I was like, I was almost in tears when she said that because I was like, "Amazing! Like that! Like that we built that, you know." And that's I think that's one of my strengths is the ability to cultivate that atmosphere. And she saw that, she felt that, right? So. And you've done that very intentionally. I mean, yeah. a joyful place to work is a very intentional value of your business. It is. Well, our, our, our 
company and movers and shakers, which we haven't talked about yet, but yeah. our mission is to spread joy. So we try to do that <laughs> well, in the team as well as outside. <laughs> so explain what movers and shakers is so people can really picture what we're talking about when we're talking about joy. Yeah. So we're a creative marketing agency uh, focused on spreading joy and breaking engagement records. And so we do all kinds of digital marketing for, for brands that are looking to break through the clutter, do something unexpected and, and spread joy in the process. We, we use a lot of original music. We use a lot of dance. My partner, who's also my husband, is a Broadway performer and director. And so a lot of our storytelling is, is inspired by original music, using music to connect brands to culture. So we do everything from, we did a three-minute mini musical film for Match.com, which was Imagine Summer Love from Greece, kind of mashed up in a La La Land style, to we, we recently set the record for most viral TikTok campaign in history for Elf Cosmetics. We wrote an original hip-hop track for them that hit number four on Spotify's global viral charts. Let's reiterate that again. <laughs> How many billion, a billion views on TikTok? What was yeah, it? Yeah, I think we're up to five billion now, close to six. Five billion views on TikTok. Yeah. That most viral, viral? Most viral, mm-hmm. yeah, most viral TikTok campaign in history, which is... In history. Yeah, millions of people. In the history of TikTok, that's incredible. And I know you've gotten yeah, a lot of pre- press for that amazing accomplishment. We did, yes. Yeah. So it definitely took our company, Movers and Shakers, to a whole new level of, uh, of status. And since then... So many brands have been looking for our help on TikTok, and we continue to try to out-innovate our, ourselves. So we actually just passed 30 billion views cumulatively as an agency now on our TikTok oh, campaign. wow. Congratulations. Yeah. So this reminds me, thinking back to brunch a year ago when you told me what TikTok was. <laughs> I had probably just learned at that time. Yeah. You had just learned it, and you were explaining it to me and Steve at brunch, and you were showing us some funny TikToks with that guy. I forget the guy. Yeah. Did you get on TikTok? Are you are you obsessed now? I still didn't really get it. I I I'm not against it at all. I want to be quick to the uptake, but I went on it and and you showed me all these amazing TikToks. I was like, oh, those are so cool. And then when I went to search, I just found a bunch of lame ones and I was really confused on where to find the cool ones. Well, the secret with TikTok is it's really smart and it will learn what you like. So if you give it a couple hours of just flipping through stuff, it will very quickly, kind of like YouTube has a recommendation algorithm, Uh but smarter than YouTube's and it really hones in on what you like. So pretty soon it will just start to show you stuff that you'll like. And that's one of the secrets to the platform success, because if you're really into puppies, like you'll start to see tons of puppy content. If you're really into baking, you'll see tons of baking content. If you love basketball, you know what I mean? So right. um, give it a chance and, and you will be addicted. And okay. don't worry. Well, <laughs> I definitely will. Um, <laughs> and, and if you want to see the the fun and the joy, eyes lips eyes, lips face is that campaign eyes lip face is the campaign that is so yeah. cool although when i think of movers and shakers the first thing i think of is dancing elves yeah that was our very first video which that you was your that's first funny. video that, that's not even on our website anymore it's not on our website okay. i think that's a good that's a good small business growth story is like we it was amazing at the time that we had that made but now we're like it's, it's gone and well, of course you guys have evolved yeah. out of that very quickly but yeah. i mean guys dancing musical elves <laughs> really cute. yeah jeffrey actually wrote that a song joy. called happy tappy christmas that was because he's a tap tappy. dancer and so it was right. tap dancing elves yeah it was pretty good oh i loved that i loved that yeah. okay so now you know the full extent of what evan is up to right now because that is a new business that you launched a few years ago yeah in addition to your advising company yeah yeah, I still work with a couple of uh, advising consultant clients at a time, just because mm-hmm. I, I love it. But, but I'm really focused on growing movers and shakers now. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So I hired you back in the day. Yeah, back 2013. in 2013. It could be, yeah. That's I want to say it was 2013. And it wasn't for that long. <laughs> I, I, because actually, like, that was right, that was about a year before we went into our, our biggest dip of the time. But so I I wasn't, I wasn't in the best place when we worked together. And yet everything that we did in that, not that long amount of time started everything in my business that is like amazing now. So the first thing I remember is that you, you told me I had to start writing. (laughs) I mean, you're terrified to write. You were horrified at the idea of speaking, which is so funny when we see you now. 
you made me speak. Yeah, you're kicking and screaming. Uh-huh. Yeah, I give I give people I coach the advice. I say, well, this is what Evan told me. He said, I said, he said, you have to speak. I was like, oh, I don't want to speak. And then you said, I don't have a speech. Do you remember what you said? <laughs> Uh, probably just make the speech. Doesn't actually probably said write the title. That's all you need. Yeah, you said write the title, write a little blurb, make yeah. a list of places, go get a book a speech, book a right. whatever slot, and then make the speech. Yeah, and that was horrifying, mm-hmm. but I listened. And you did and it. I yeah. did it. No, I mean testament to you. I think you're a great student in that way. I did it. Well, that was the other thing. So this is talk about like knowing yourself or like using it as a as a mirror for who you are you were very good at telling me I was a good student and that was enough for me to feel like I had to do everything (laughs) (laughs) I was like I want to be Evan's best student so every week when we would meet you'd be like wow you did everything I was like of course I did like I can't drop now I can't Uh fall, (laughs) fall from grace for Evan well, look at you now. It's really paid it worked. off. It's so it worked. So, so you got me writing. I didn't want to write. I mean, or I didn't think I could write and I didn't think I had anything to say. I didn't think I had anything to say as a speaker. You pushed me to speak. That started my speaking career. And, and I wrote about this in my book, you helped me find the word badass. Mm-hmm. I mean. That's, That's had quite a ripple effect. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> You think it was you and me at Think Coffee on 12th and 4th yeah, and yeah. you just needling me. And I, what did you say? And you and you were just pushing me, pushing me. I was like, I don't know. We're creative. We're awesome. We're, blah, blah, we're badass. And you were like, oh, say that. And I was like, oh, I can't say that. <laughs> and you were like, what are they going to do? Clutch my pearls? I think you can say it, Pia. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it. And that was in 2013. Hmm. Yeah. And and we we discussed whether or not I could say it. I mean, isn't that I mean, doesn't that sound like such a, a quaint story? Oh, could I say badass? I mean, well, if you know you now and then it's surprising to think that it ever wasn't that. So <laughs> it's surprising to think that. But but I think also even the the general vibe out there, I don't think I was being particularly timid. I think it no. I think that was I think that was a reasonable question yeah. out there. It's not yeah. out there anymore with Cardi B. <laughs> right. Well, I, I also think your perspective has changed on it too, because as you've owned your place in the market, you associated more into those other brands that are like, which is something you're always talking about in your book and in, in the work that you do, right? It's having that unique and differentiated position that is going to turn people off. And you've, you've, if anybody's owned that, you've owned that. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, that, that was a great that was a great beginning to, I mean, that word evolved in its meaning and power over time as we built onto it, right? That was the beginning of that word, but man, that went crazy. So thank you. Are we allowed to say that on your podcast? Badass. Oh, people, people have filthy mouths on this. (laughs) (laughs) Depends who I'm talking to, too. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the, so the badass and the speaking and the writing, which enough, which those on their own, would be enough to say, thank you, Evan, for giving me my whole business. But then a couple years later, I don't remember when, you sat me down and you said, I have this personal growth program that I've gone through. And I mean, you basically said, I think you should do it. <laughs> or I think you would benefit from it. I think you and Steve would benefit from it. And you didn't really tell me anything about it. You couldn't tell me anything about it. And I was just like, Evan, I trust you. I'm in, and Steve and I signed up for this 16-day personal growth intensive that we paid in full up front. I mean, that's how much I trust this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this thing is, really, but I trust you, Evan. And it was life-changing. <laughs> it was a life-changing experience. Yeah. So I have to thank you for that. You're welcome. Thanks for trusting, I think. I, I mean, getting into personal development for me was so life-changing. I had the same experience. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, like you can you can, you can can live your life and do your business with a personal growth awareness or not. And for a long time, I didn't have that. So 
the ability to start to see myself more clearly and see more possibility for how I could grow and evolve as a person, like that is life changing. Yeah. And a lot of the things you were saying about how you use your business, and I do too, a lot of the ways that I approach looking at my business as a tool for how can I see myself and who I am right now and what my limitations are and where my fears are stopping me, where I have the opportunity to overcome fears, to grow. All of the tools that I have for that, a lot of them came from that program. I mean, and and ever since then, I've read a lot of, I've done a lot of work and read a lot of things. And there's lots of threads in a lot of literature, obviously, it's it's nothing new necessarily, but I see it all through the lens or like I have that that uh, foundational education in it and then it it allows me to keep adding on to it. You know how when you read a book at two different times in your life, you can read completely different books, yeah. take completely different information out of it? Definitely. <laughs> I felt like that about a lot of um, really great life-changing books that I read before and after I did that program. So, I mean, it's pretty ballsy of you to tell me to do that. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I thought you told me later that you had actually done that program before and that's the cat that was what started to had you decide to do your own business. That's true. Yeah. That yeah. So after I quit my corporate job, I was as I was sharing earlier, I kind of went, got to a bit of despair having quote unquote the perfect job and great life and not feeling satisfied. A friend of mine had similarly said, Hey, this is this really cool. Uh, personal development program you could do and I was like okay and and it was yeah very transformative for me too because I had never really believed I could be an entrepreneur before Uh, in fact in business school at Harvard we used to have these discussions like oh well are you an entrepreneur or are you a COO or you a CEO like there's like the idea that there was these different personality types that were written and that were just like your your indelible characteristics like that was sort of the mentality that I had had Mm mm-hmm and, and what were you in that discussion? Uh, I think I was a COO. I was like, COO. which meant that I was like, not the one out in charge with all the ideas, but I was like the person who could like implement and execute and build structure, mm. which was perhaps a good a description of my personality at the time. But what that really meant was I was just scared to be out front, scared to be accountable. That was just a lot of fear that I, I would I would rationalize, oh, I'm not scared. It's just not my personality type da, 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 or whatever. Mm. But when I started to do more personal development and just realized so much of that was fear and that that fear could be overcome, and all of a sudden I realized your personality can change quite dramatically in, in amazing ways, right? So like I can still I can still embody that sort of CEO perspective, but now I can be upfront and I can make shit up and go and believe my own creativity, you know, in a way that I didn't used to. Mm. Yeah, and you know, that ties back to something you were saying earlier about control and is this right or wrong, which by the way, I think I, I absolutely have that too. I think we share a lot of similar qualities. (laughs) I totally get you. And yeah, the controlling thing, I mean, it's a powerful characteristic because it allows us to be high in execution. Right. I probably would have answered similarly because mm-hmm. executing at a high level and being able to implement ideas and be really efficient and effective in that, those are all things that I've always valued in myself. And every positive has that negative side to it. Every positive has a negative side. The negative side for me can be this rigid feeling of there is a right way to do this. I mean, the right wrong thing is one of the biggest concepts that that holds me back to this day. And I notice it and I'm fully aware of it, but it's very hard to let go of. I was raised thinking that like, there is a best way to do something. Right. And I didn't say right to that. Right. That's, that's how deeply. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm with you. It's, it is a limitation and it's a real limitation to creativity because creativity by necessity is wrong at first. It's like, it's not what's been done before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there I went again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I and you and I are both married to highly creative people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It shows you how much we value that. Which is and funny. And want right? it. Yeah, I want it. Right. We love that in our life. 
Right. And I don't know about you, but also can drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our, own, that's our own psychodynamic, right? Playing out on them. You love it. You hate it. I think that's, I find that a lot of the, 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 the traits that I want more of in myself are also the traits that I punish myself for. Mm-hmm. Like expressiveness and creativity is a big one for me where part of me feels very judgmental towards that because it's like, no, you should just perform and, and climb up a straight ladder. And then mm. part of me like yearns for that like ability to just break out of that and be more human and be more sloppy and be more free and crazy and make shit up and break shit. But then part of me is like, no, you need to be rigid. You need to be organized. You need to get predictable results. So it's like, that's the mm. test that I find myself struggling with a lot. I can completely relate to that. I mean, so much so that even when you're saying that, it's like making me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> just that I mean I see it in everything that I do there's just a even just even my days when I relax and do nothing there I still I want structure the the completely loose the messing up right I think I I notice myself I catch my my thoughts even thinking I'm not relaxing enough (laughs) yeah totally there's a right way to relax there's a right right there's a white, right yeah, way to I relax. I bought a Lego set a couple of years ago to try to build more creativity, which was a, a funny purchase because Legos tend to have more like structure to them. But I bought the set that had no, no instructions. It's just a lot of blocks, right? Okay. And it was such a struggle for me to like just kind of make random Legos. Like I would find myself like making something. I'm like, okay, now I will build a house. Now I will build a car versus just right. like, just creating like I see Steve do like that, that that's like such a struggle for me yeah me too me too and I actually to try to combat that even though it's still in the same vein of putting structure in to combat that I try to give myself I'll, I'll give myself structured time in which to feel to let loose yeah so right that's so there good. what it's a good way to do it, to kind of use use your thing kind of against itself. Like, right. I'm going to try to be the most creative I can now. <laughs> right. <laughs> or just, for example, the way that I approach goals or, or doing projects or let's say writing a book, just because that's an obvious and easy one to tackle. When I was writing the book, I needed to be producing pages whenever I sat down to write. And whenever it felt like I had written something that was like, oh, that's not gonna, I'm actually, that's not gonna make it. I actually don't like that. Mm -hmm. I would feel like I wasted Mm -hmm. two hours. And that's the exact kind of rigidity that I'm trying to play against because, and Steve's always like, that's not wasted hours. That, That was work you had to do, or those are ideas you had to come out, or, you know, it's not a straight line. You can't just write the book perfectly <laughs> from word one to the end of course yeah, that's not the process. yeah exactly it's like I get darn close to it though and I actually think I did I was pretty efficient writing that book and it's problem it's a problem actually because when I write my next book I think I think I know how to do yeah. it better yeah. yeah it's gonna be a problem but there you go like that is I know that that is the personal work or rather, that's that's a project that can lead me to do that personal work, which will actually make the book better or the business better. I mean, I did that personal growth program and it was not cheap. I did it because I knew working on myself will make my business better. Just hands yeah. down. Well, and it's also, is it just about the business or is it about how you want to experience your life? Well, yes, Evan, but it's easier. <laughs> it's easier to invest lots of money when it feels like it's going to get a financial return for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think... Even though that shouldn't be the case, I agree. Well, I think the reason... I'm guessing the reason you want that business to be better is because you think it will make you feel better in a certain way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it, I did... My business did get significantly quote better Mm -hmm. and I do feel like my life is richer but I can't necessarily just tie it to the business because I also had so much growth in order to get there so yeah yeah I mean I I went through a period recently where my business wasn't doing well at all quite bad but I felt a lot more solid than ever before which Mm -hmm. was really remarkable I think just to have that measurement of growth internal growth right 
So like when things weren't going how I wanted them to be out there Mm. to be able to just still sleep well at night, feel good about myself. That was like something that I'd never experienced before. Wow. That's so powerful. And that's where we all want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow a hurricane or a pandemic could wipe out your business. And do you want your sense of self-worth to be based on that? Right. I mean, I, I have felt, I have evolved in that arena significantly. The way that I can tell is that I have become much riskier and have been able to take much bigger risks in my business and in my personal life. Just in general, I'm willing to try crazier things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm willing to put myself in more, you know, quote, dangerous positions. And I know that it's because I've worked on that fear quite a bit. And so I've, I've pushed myself much farther than is than would have been comfortable, let's say, three years ago, and don't feel as scared. It's not that I don't feel fear, though. I mean, I don't know if I can, you can ever get rid of the fear. And I don't know if that's even the goal. Well, one thing that I think is cool is that courage is pushing through fear. So someone who doesn't have fear in a certain area and goes and does that, it's not courageous for them. Mm. And I, for me, like a lot of what I'm trying to build in myself is to be live a more courageous life. So wherever there is fear, to not be limited by that, but to do what you're saying and just push through that, mm-hmm. do it anyway. And I think that's where, for me, that's where so much of the sense of aliveness comes from, is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And then you're in charge of your life, not your fears. Yes. Yes. And I think especially if you're not paying attention, your fears are guiding everything that you do. Totally. Totally. Without even realizing it. Well, so, I mean, this is obviously something you think about daily, something I think about daily. And if I'm really paying attention, I actively work on daily. What, if anything, do you do? on a daily basis, a weekly basis with Jeffrey by yourself to keep it top of mind or, or maybe it just is top of mind. I don't know. Tell me. Hmm. A lot of it does just become my own like mental habits. I think just spending more time reflecting on how I was, how did I show up and, and really doing that in a non judgmental way. It's not about criticizing or beating myself up, but just, being aware. So like coming out of a meeting and hmm, I got a little freaked out when the client said, blah, blah, that's interesting. Or hmm, I got a little aggressive when this happened. Like, that's interesting. Because I think it does start with self-awareness. Like you said, your, your fears are running your life. The question is just whether you see them or not. And I'm trying to bring as many of those to conscious awareness as possible. And then also not being afraid of that, right? That's another fear. So it's like, I used to get overwhelmed when I thought about that and feel unresourceful, but being aware of them and then just kind of trying to tackle things one by one. Okay. So just constantly checking in and being aware of what's happening in the moment or what just happened. I think that's so important because not only do you build more awareness of yourself and your patterns, and that gives you the opportunity to evolve them, but you build awareness of you as separate from what you're thinking, what you're doing, and for sure separate from the world around you, right? Which Mm. having that awareness of self, like capital S, that's what allows you to feel centered in in the storm, right? And the world's always stormy in different ways. So the more that you can become an observer of yourself, the more that you also realize that you are there separate from what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're doing, what your company's doing, what your clients are doing, et cetera. Uh, and you're like, oh, there's a consistency of me. So I just, I'm really trying to be more connected with that because that allows me to feel solid. Even when like I'm being a little weird or the world is being really weird, I can be, I can, I can be in myself as an observer of myself and feel solid in that, if that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, it makes sense to me because I've been studying this in some capacity for years. I think that makes sense. I think anybody who has any sort of practice, meditative practice, yoga Mm -hmm. practice, probably in different words, is going for that same sense of self and solidness and groundedness. Right. 
And I think that's so important. And that's, that's just, that's a huge paradigm shift for me and how I experienced my life kind of before and after I got involved in personal development. I agree. There's, there's so many ways in, uh, but I think I spent a lot of my life. It's almost like I'm blanking on the book, the working in your business versus working on your business. E-myth. E-myth, right. It's almost like that, but for humans, right. There's like working, being in yourself and then seeing yourself. Right. And, and for most of the first like 30 years of my life, I was really in me, like just kind of reacting. And so I, I was sort of in the world reacting to my own reactions, reacting to what's happening outside of me and not very aware of like the consistency of some sort of centered person you know, or experience outside of that. And then changing perspective to see more like, oh, I'm there and this is me in these situations. It's just, it's such a crazy and empowering paradigm shift. And I think a lot of the, what I'm trying to build is just spending more of my life in that perspective. So I don't feel like I'm wrapped up in the crazy stuff that's happening. Good business, bad business, annoying clients, great clients, fight with your spouse, like all those things, like to not feel like just in that, but to be looking outside at it, right? Like the working on your business version of that, looking at yourself. It's just so much more grounded perspective on things. Mm. Right. And every time something good or bad happens, and I know every time I feel completely mowed over by that bad thing, I've gotten better at noticing that. It does, it happens. It happens no matter what, but I've noticed that because I can notice that and say, oh, what now my day is bad because that happened. Like the next 10 minutes when I'm just making this egg is no different than it would have been if that bad thing hadn't happened. And it, but it can be made bad by this, whatever horrible thing happened, or I read this news article. So can I detach from that a little bit and say that that's not how, I mean, is this what you're talking about? Or that's how I experience what, what I think you're saying, which is from moment to moment that can happen and you can be bummed that that happened, but it doesn't have to mean that you are now going to be, you're going to take that on as in your personhood and now it's bad. Yeah. Like you can look at yourself and say, wow, I'm, I'm bummed about this, but not like, not be dragged down by the bummedness. Like, <laughs> there's a way to react where you just feel mopey and you don't even, Yeah. Well, I was going to say you don't know why, but in your head, you do know why. And it's because that bad thing happened, right? right? So you just, you're really at the effect of that bad thing out there, whatever it was. And there's another way where the same bad thing happens and you look at yourself and you're like, wow, that's really bumming me out. That's an interesting reaction that I'm having and you can feel it, but there's still a part of you that is aware of that. And so you don't feel like you are dragged down by that. And you could actually, if you want, change your emotional state into something different. Mm-hmm. I I do notice I can almost always change my emotional state if I want to. If you want to. That's the key asterisk there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I want to. And it doesn't take much. You know, I mean, throw on an awesome dance song and dance oh, around yeah. for five minutes and I'll feel yeah. completely different. But I don't always want to. Right. No, I was, that was yesterday. I was just kind of woke up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak. And I was grumpy all day and I was aware of it, mm-hmm. but not aware of it enough where I wanted to change. I still was kind of, I didn't, I chose not to throw on a dance song, which I couldn't right. have, but I, did, I chose not to, and I didn't. And did it feel like I was consciously choosing to be miserable? Not really, but part of me knew that that was the choice, but I just kind of was indulging in that. Right. So, and Hey, there's nothing wrong with indulging in that if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, it it was bad because I I look at my effects on my team. Like I was showing up for team meetings grumpy and and I regret that. Right. So I look at that and I say, that's not how I want to show up for my team, Mm. which I did think about yesterday, but, and I did try to connect with that, but I didn't, didn't connect with it enough to choose to change my grumpiness. Right. Well, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. (laughs) Working on ourselves. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. I think it can make business more fun and less, less high stakes. If you do see it as, as a gym for yourself and for your team. Right. Well, I, I must admit, I'm still very tied to success and wanting to feel success. Although that definition evolves over time and, and has even changed 
because of the coronavirus. I mean, it has affected how I see what I want to work on and what I want to go for, at least in the near future. Then I'm okay with that. You know, like I, I want it to evolve. I want it to be able to change and evolve. But I know that I still, whatever that definition is, I know I still want to define it and move towards it. That's great self-awareness to have. Well, it's the first step. Yeah. It's such a <laughs> Yeah. 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 And it, and I think most people, and I, most people think success is purely their business, the money, whatever. I mean, I obviously always talk about this to me, it's the business, the money and the freedom and the lifestyle and the enjoyment of life and the experience of life is a, is a huge part of it. The most important part of it, the whole business and it has to, it's there to support the enjoyment of the life and the enjoyment of the business too. Trying to set up a business where I really enjoy as much of every day of it as possible. You'll never enjoy all of it unless, I mean, well, maybe you, maybe you can enjoy all of it because you just create a, a self-awareness and an approach to life where you find the joy in everything, even if you hate doing your books terrible example because I love doing my books, but hate doing your books and you enjoy them anyway. <laughs> yeah. I do think that's possible to get there where you do actually enjoy everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've certainly am not there, but I do like to believe that that's possible. So even if you're doing quote unquote, the grunt work, you know, or whatever mm -hmm. your business, let's say, or gardening or laundry or whatever it is that you don't like doing, you would be connected to why you're doing it. Like if I'm doing the dishes, it's because I want to live in a clean house. I want I want my house to look a certain way. And if I can be connected to that during the dishes, then I would enjoy it. That's such a good example because I definitely changed my tune on doing the dishes. Really? Yeah, because of that example. Okay. I love cleaning <laughs> because I love my, I love when everything is, you know, yeah, if you know what you're what you're going towards, right? So someone who's like, oh, I hate making cold calls or whatever. It's like, well, you want to grow this business, so this is going to get you that. Doesn't necessarily make it easier in the moment, but that is a perceptual shift that I think you can build. I mean, mm. I've seen that, like you've seen that, right, with the dishes. Mm -hmm. So I do, I do believe, and I hold out again. I'm not there, but like, I want to get my life as close to that point as I can in my lifetime where. It is a joy to do my life and everything is a joy. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm in jail, it's a joy to be in jail, let's say, because that's kind of, I made choices that led there and I'm not going to now make my life miserable because I'm there. Mm. Right. It's, I, I picture the infinity line. You can always get closer to it, but all along the way, you're enjoying your life more and more. Yeah, I hope so. Whether you have tangible successes or tangible failures, you still feel more internally fulfilled. I think fulfillment comes from living a life that's aligned with your values and being connected to that. Mm. So the reason people who are like I was in my job that I didn't like, I was in some senses aligned with my values, but I wasn't connected to that in, in those areas. Like I was I was in kind of a mopey and blamey mode about it. Like, ah, this company doesn't give me freedom with this or whatever. So like, I didn't see how I was really choosing to be there and why. And then in other ways, I wasn't like, I wasn't connected. I wasn't living my life in alignment with my values. There are other things that were meaningful for me. For instance, you know, helping my friends with their small businesses that I was choosing to cut off out of fear. And so I think, you know, that, so for those reasons too, I didn't feel fulfillment. Mm. I mean, that is probably the most exciting thing about working with small businesses is just you get such you get results so quickly you get to see people have success and experience again this is like tied to my success thing it's like experience that success right in front of you and mm -hmm. you know that you had a, a positive effect on somebody else's life experience because yeah, of that. I, would, I would just offer a slight reframe that makes it less attached to the results which is like you're helping them, they may or may not know it, live their life more aligned with their values. Mm. So someone who's like, they have their small bakery or whatever that they've been like really putting their passion into and you help them get that to the next level, that allows them to live their life 
doing their thing. Like they're so passionate about baking or cooking or community or whatever it is for them that like that, that whatever their values are, that bakery really activates. And now by helping them make that financially viable, you're enabling them to continue to live their life so in alignment with their values. And that's why they feel fulfilled, not because of the money that's coming in. Right. Because they are able to foster that community or share their grandmother's recipes or whatever it is that really lights them up from a values perspective. And that's what I want to connect to every day. I'll have to go back and listen to that clip. Yeah. The audio <laughs> clip. Yeah. No, it is because that's really the, the purpose of all of this. That's my purpose. That's most people's purposes. And that's ma- reminding me that you and I, or you had a, uh, told me, you and I had a conversation a couple of years ago where you kind of said that the kind of clients that you were going to work with in coaching or as a, in your consulting, mm-hmm kind of evolved. I don't know where you are with that, but I it made complete sense to me. And your coaching kind of changed because when we worked together however many years ago, you were much more you were much more in a consultant position. Mm-hmm. You're giving me a lot of very tactical things. Mm-hmm. And now I think you've moved into and I can see why because it really is the it is the basis for any change and evolution in your business. You've moved into more of this mindset and approach work would you say that that you've transitioned i think yeah it's definitely more of a hybrid now i think it's a combination the there are certain skills that are helpful to learn that can make you be more successful as you teach many of them but ultimately two things one is just to implement the skills takes certain emotional and behavioral strengths that can, like, can be cultivated more, right? And so I think a lot of us see where like, there's so many times in what the right thing is to do, but you're not doing it. You're not doing it consistently. Like that's an emotional or a mindset thing, right? That That's really where you want to focus your growth in that case. But the bigger thing too, is that you can be the most successful in your life. I mean, how many millionaires and billionaires commit suicide? Because ultimately it's not like, even if I teach you all of this is kind of what I realized. And I didn't know this when I started and when we worked together originally, I didn't know this, but I thought like, if I could just have the big house and the big bank account and the great family, then I would be happy. And now I know that's not true. So to just equip someone to get the big house without equipping them to find fulfillment mm. to me feels uh, like cheating them when I know mm-hmm. there's something there. Mm-hmm. So I stopped feeling good about just, just helping people get a bigger house or whatever. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm not happy about that. I had a client who told me recently that he bought his house because of the work that we did together. And I was like, so excited for wow. him. And that's amazing for his family and his kids. And he's got kids now. But I know that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Well, and likewise, I work with people. And when they're having a hard time, implementing something or especially there's clearly an emotional block. There's clearly something that if they don't work on that emotional fear or whatever it is, or if they don't even look at it, they're never going to be able to execute the things that I'm suggesting. So it's, it's almost a non-starter. I can give you all the tools. And really, as I watch people follow in the work that I'm teaching, why do some people just skyrocket and some people don't. I have to believe that it's some sort of internal emotional issue that's stopping them. And until they deal with that, they're probably always going to struggle. Some people are stuck in the struggle. They want to be stuck in the struggle. I watch a lot of people who are just comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. They would be uncomfortable otherwise. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. But I think I'm one thing that I'm trying to get better at is learning to what extent somebody wants to grow and mm. to what extent they just say they Meet want them there to grow, but don't want to grow or not willing to do what it would take which is admittedly often uncomfortable but i don't know it's hard to want somebody to have something more than they want it impossible <laughs> yeah well it's painful like when you're like just aching that somebody isn't doing something or achieving something or whatever and they maybe they say they want it, but you can see that their actions don't support that, right? And that's that's painful. And I used to be very aggressive in those situations and righteous, right? This is my own like right, wrong thing mm-hmm. where I'm like, no, you need to do this and you'll be happier. And so I sort of shove people through these hoops. 
which is very violent, really. And um, now I regret that. I still do that for sure. I'm not like totally, totally past that. But I think I'm a lot more self-aware and, and do that a lot less. But um, it's painful and it can come from a good place. Yeah, well, that's another example because I have those feelings too. It's like, oh, I just want to shake you. Like you have so much yeah. potential and I can yeah. see all the things. Please just do what I say. And I feel that and and I try to use the fact that I'm so tied to that person's success as an opportunity to see why am I so tied right. to that person's success? It can seem like a really virtuous way to be. I, I want everyone to succeed. I mean, I do. Is that virtuous? But but how how much do I want them to succeed? Like, am I putting my own self-worth on that? Am right. I going to feel bad if they don't succeed? And am I going to take that as uh, a reflection on something that I, I'm not good enough? I wasn't good enough to get this person to succeed. And And I have noticed that because of that fear, if this person doesn't succeed and thinking it's my, some reflects poorly on me in some way, that fear can stop me from doing things that will actually help a lot more people because I don't want to, because I'm scared to be in that position because it doesn't feel good. Such a good awareness to have for you and for your clients that you have that. Well, I'm working on it, Evan. I'm working on it (laughs) because I know, (laughs) because I know the better I get at it, the more people I'll be able to help Yeah, and, and be okay with. And the more lovingly you'll be able Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Evan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been one of the most, probably, well, probably the most amazing podcast interview that I've had in a long time. So, ah, well, thank you. you. Um, I feel like we're talking about things that are real and, and to your point, like talking about things that help you have more meaningfulness in your life versus just the tactics. Tactics are great, but. Right. They don't do anything. If you don't show up. Yeah. As the boss of your business, which is what this podcast <laughs> is all about. Like the badass boss of your business. That's what we're talking about. Well, I cannot thank you enough, Evan, for everything you've done for me and my business and my life. And You're also uh, an inspiration to watch you do what you do and reach the levels of success internally and externally that you have. Thank you. That means a lot. For more info on Evan's high-level business coaching, go to ehadvising.com and grab his free book, Four Secrets to Grow Your Business Like a CEO. Evan was the catalyst for so many key moves I made in my business, so obviously I cannot recommend him highly enough. But I also know he's pretty selective about who he works with these days because his agency is the go-to for TikTok marketing. So if you know other bigger brands who want to get into TikTok, you should definitely be the superhero that suggests Movers and Shakers at MoversShakers.co. I'll link to the site in the show notes at PSSilva.com. Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It's how you show up in your business that really makes the difference. And to make sure that you don't ever miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. Taking inspiration from Evan today, ask yourself, are you fully utilizing your business as your personal growth gym? We all know being a business owner means constantly being forced to face your fears, try things, fail, and try again. And these things can force us to grow, even if we're not paying attention to it. But how much more effective would it be if you welcomed those challenges and that failure because you wanted the growth that came with it? How powerful would it be to notice each day how you're feeling and then use that information to inform how you show up the next day and the day after that? That could just be your next step in showing your business who's boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Production assistance by Kirsten Runbeck. Creative direction by Steve Wastervall. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners.